Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode 14, my exclusive interview with Sid Notter, founder and author of The Plan A Diet. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, certified integrative nutrition health coach and health evangelist. My assignment to the body of Christ is to help women and communities heal their world naturally in spirit, soul, and body. If you'd like to know more about how you can heal your world naturally, you can find me on the web at rockyourworldnaturally.com, on LinkedIn and Facebook at Rock Your World Naturally, and on Twitter at Rock Your World 28. Thank you so very much to all of our new and returning listeners. Our show today is about the plant-based diet. And some of you may be asking the question, can a dietary pattern based on the Bible really help to reduce the growing issues of obesity, diabetes, and heart disease? Can something so very ancient that's been provided by God be new and fresh and provide a roadmap to improving our overall health? With these thoughts in mind, we can refer to the Bible And it provides so many different important clues that help to validate many recent medical studies. In the book of Daniel, it outlines Daniel as choosing a plant-based diet over the diet that was prescribed at that time. And we can say that the diet that was prescribed at that time was kind of like the standard American diet, as many people know as the SAD diet. And I just want to take some time to read the scripture that is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse number 8. And it reads, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked for permission from the chief Enoch not to defile himself. God had granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief Enoch. Yet he said to Daniel, I fear the Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. What if he sees your face looking thinner than the other young men your age? You would endanger my life with the king. So Daniel said to the guard whom the chief Enoch had assigned to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food and deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them about this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables taking a look at Daniel chapter 10 
verses number two and three. And it reads as follows. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. So we see from these scriptures here that Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they elected to follow a simple plant-based diet rather to take in the king's food that was being prescribed at that time. And after those 21 days and after the days that they were in captivity with the king, their health appeared much healthier and fairer than those who they were in captivity with. So if we fast forward a few thousand years into our time right now, medical researchers are now studying the impact of the biblical plant-based diet and how it impacts our overall health. And many people call this the Daniel diet and or the plant-based diet. And so the plan is a plant-based diet that includes all fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, and healthy oils. There's no caffeine, alcohol, additives, or preservatives while you're actually following this diet. And it's often referred to a pulse diet, emphasizing the ingestion of the legumes, and participants can partake in the plan for a period of 21 days. And sometimes I know that many ministries, you'll go forward in the Daniel diet, sometimes at the beginning of the year, or at different times in the year as part of a religiously motivated uh, fasting period. I've done it. I know that many of the churches that I am associated with partake in the Daniel fast. In 2010, researchers from the University of Memphis embarked on a series of studies on the diet. In the first study, 43 subjects were examined before and after the 21-day period. They found that cholesterol fell from an average of 171 mg to 139 mg. LDL cholesterol levels dropped from 98 to 76 mg and systolic blood pressure from 115 mmHg to 106 mmHg. At the same time, inflammation as measured by the C-reactive protein also fell from 3.1 to 1.6 mg, and calories dropped from 2,185 daily to 1,722. The researchers noted that tolerance of the plan was high and that there were absolutely no side effects. I love that because so many of the prescription medication that we have out there today that is supposed to be prescribed to people has so many different side effects when they're trying to lose weight. So the beautiful thing about the plant-based diet is that it absolutely has no side effects. The researchers then reported that the diet's impact on antioxidant and oxidative stress markers, important factors in overall health. The same subject showed improved markers of antioxidant status with lower oxidative stress. Think of this as resting of the body. And so they did this after 21 days of being on the program. So in other words, the the diet, it was a great source of natural vitamins and antioxidants. 
and there were actually no supplements that were needed. In a separate group of 39 subjects on the 21-day program, the scientists measured the heart metabolism factors, and they found that weight dropped 5.5 pounds on average, insulin sensitivity improved, insulin levels fell toward normal, and blood sugar fell from 101 mg to 92 mg. And so if we look around right now, we are suffering from an epidemic of chronic disease in the United States, along with movement, exercise, stress management, and avoiding tobacco, the key is to change our dietary habits. And so the word of God, as we read earlier in the book of Daniel, and that's just one example, there are many scriptures that show that this ancient prescription that has been provided by our God is still relevant. It is a pathway to success that even recent scientific research validates what God has already shown us as possible. And so I wanna encourage you to have a little faith and to give it a try. And so our guest today, Sid Notter, she is an expert in the plant-based diet. She is a graduate of the Center of Nutrition Studies and is a certified instructor on several dietary courses, including the Starch Solution, Food Over Medicine, and Women's Health. She has also successfully completed courses in nutrition for a healthy heart and dietary therapy for reversing common diseases. Sid offers a variety of health and cooking classes, provides nutritional coaching on both individual and corporate levels, speaks to local groups, and has worked with school district employees and a hospital's fitness center. Her column titled The Nutrition Coach, which ran in three local newspapers for seven years, featured general dietary advice, recipes, and answers to readers' questions. Several of her articles have also been published in Kate May Style Magazine, a Florida-based online publication. Combining her decades-long study of both nutrition and scripture, Sid founded the Plan A Diet to illustrate the correlations between biblical principles and healthy eating and to encourage Christians to take an active role in their health. Her wonderfully made ministry offers nutrition co coaching, health and cooking classes, and weight loss challenges. Nodder's past accolades include being named Woman of the Year by the Morris Business and Professional Women in 1998, Entrepreneur of the Year by the Grundy County Chamber of Commerce in 2000, and having her former business featured on several occasions in Decor Magazine. She and her husband, Steve, enjoy outdoor activities, classic movies, and old Volkswagens. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to our show today, Sid Notter. Thank you, Rakresha. It's just a pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, I am so excited to be able to host you uh, on the show. And I'm just so excited about what our listeners are going to hear today. They are certainly in for a blessing as well as a treat. <laughs> Thank you. 
And Sid, before we get started with the interview, if you could just let the listeners know out there, what things are you doing in your life right now that are simply rocking your world naturally? (laughs) The things I'm doing right now, Rikisha, in addition to promoting a book, are uh, things like working on an online course and being involved with a new ministry at my church as well. So lots of things going on, all good things, and trying to stay balanced amidst all of that. Oh, I was going to say, because that sounds like there's quite a few things going on, and I know with writing a book, that can take up uh, quite a bit of time. It did. It took me five years to write the book, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so with... You being an author as well as a health advocate, how did you start this journey on the road to sharing the message of health with others? Well, my personal journey started probably 30 years ago now. Oh, that sounds like a long time ago when I say it out loud, (laughs) when I started to explore um, nutrition and came ac- came upon a class in my area that was teaching um, plant-based nutrition basics. And I thought at the time I was already eating healthy, but I went to this class and the materials just rang true with me so much that that was the starting point to my own education into nutrition. And so um, about Five years ago, after studying nutrition for 30 years and studying the Bible for 30 years and noticing how the two subjects actually intertwine, Mm. God laid it on my heart that I needed to write a book about how they intertwine. And I didn't want to do that. I said, no, really, I have no desire to write a book, Lord. I must be misunderstanding you. (laughs) But no, I was not. And so um, that's how I came to write the book. It was really an inspiration from the Lord. And then also just seeing all of the needless suffering of people Mm -hmm. in my sphere, my family and friends that are suffering with things that they don't need to be suffering with. So it was a combination. Wow. And sometimes, you know, God truly does has a way of Um, getting our attention and giving those assignments to us that we never intended to take on. It's just a path that he creates for us to follow. And it's exactly where we need to be. And it sounds so much of like like what your journey has been, um, how you Mm -hmm. said you never wanted to write a book or didn't think about it, but it was something that God had planned for you. He did. And one night the ideas just poured into my brain so fast that I had to struggle to write them down. Mm. So that wasn't even really from me. That was like, okay, I had my chapters outlined on the first night, which was really amazing. Yeah. I like to call those those divine downloads. It's just when God just downloads those (laughs) things, you know, into your spirit to be able to um, share with others. Um, I did have the opportunity to look through your book, and I absolutely love what I'm reading and um, so much of um, what is in the book. And I liked how you shared that when you took the nutrition class, you saw how so much of it related to the scriptures and how much you had studied, um, you know, over the years Mm -hmm. as a 
a biblical student as well as in the area of health. Um, with the book, the book talks about some of the reasons why it can be so hard for people to um, change their diets. And I think this might be particularly true, like in the church culture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think I read a little bit about in your book, and I know that I've experienced it, and I'm sure others have as well, that after church, when they talk about having a fellowship meal, mm -hmm. sometimes they're not the healthiest choices or the best choices that, that are out there. Um, do you think that that could present a challenge to people to change their idea of how God wants us to eat and his plan for us to eat? Absolutely. Sure. The church is really just reflecting culture mm. you know, and what people are typically eating at home, unfortunately. So uh, if I have a thing in the book making a plea to churches to start to think differently about this area of nutrition, of what we're serving to the congregants, to inspire them, because we really could be an instrument of change with the growing mm -hmm. obesity epidemic and, and um, you know, the uh, American adults now are on an average of four prescription medications. Wow. So all of that, you know, is all mostly food related. And we could be an instrument of change if we would just um, mm -hmm. make a few tweaks at church. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, how you said that we can be instruments of change. And I also note that you note that you outlined in your book, the scripture found in Romans 12, 1 and 2, about being renewed in our minds. Mm -hmm. And how you said that the church has taken on the culture of eating and yeah. brought that into the church versus mm -hmm. what God has truly always had for us in mind when it comes down to plant-based eating. Right. I consider mm -hmm. our bodies the most intimate earthly gift we've been given. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's how we connect with God. It's how we serve God. And that intimate gift really should be stewarded well, taken care of well. Yes. And I love how you said that, that it should be stewarded well. And sometimes I think that believers just don't hear enough that we are responsible for the, sh the stewardship of our bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what we put in them and what we eat, all of those things. Yes, like Romans 12, too. I like the way the message puts it. It says, uh, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you mm -hmm. fit into it without even thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we do so often when it comes to food. Oh, when you said to do that, can you repeat that scripture for me just one more time? Sure. It's Romans 12, too. And this is from the message version that says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That part when you said that you fit into it without even thinking. And I think that that goes along the lines of our culture is eating mindlessly, mm -hmm. that there isn't any thought into what is being put into the body. And we um, certainly see that within the church as well as outside of the church. We do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, a lot of what you write in your book, it 
talks about, you know, the plant-based diet and what, in your opinion, what are some of the most common misconceptions about a plant-based diet? Well, where do you get your protein is the biggest question I hear that we we're going to become protein deficient, you know, if we're not eating meat and dairy. Mm. And the book goes into depth on that topic. Other misconceptions are that it's too health, it's too expensive to eat healthy when in fact it's actually lower cost to eat potatoes and rice and beans and vegetables. Yes. Um, also that you know we're missing nutrients by not uh, including animal products in our diet, which all of these things are talked about in the book as common misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it's good to explore, you know, all of those different things because, you know, every time we look up, there's something about a new diet, there's something about a new trend, there's something about a new fad, you know, when it comes to our eating. So sometimes I think people can just get confused by everything that's out there, but I like the fact that you simplify it in the book that you um, have written. And there's actually a five-week transition plan that you have in there. Can -hmm. you talk about that five-week transition approach for us, Sid? Sure. And this would be for people who do not make change overnight. I have clients that do jump in with both feet and some that don't. They'd rather, um, you know, do it slowly, make little changes at a time. And while I never want to dissuade that because every step toward health is a good step, mm-hmm. I find that people do have the best success when they make, you know, a major change in their diet all at once. Mm-hmm. But having said that, yes, there is a transition plan which allows for the elimination of uh, different things each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, one one week we're going to stop eating dairy and then the next week we're going to stop including, you know, the next thing that we're going to give up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I kept it at just five weeks is because I think anything longer than that, then your heart really isn't in the game. You know, if, sure. if you're really trying to transition, five weeks would be ample time to do that. Oh, and I think that's a a good process because sometimes if it's too much, it can be too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just giving that initial jump start, I guess you can say, to help people reboot or restart their health, mm-hmm. um, it's not so overwhelming and not so intimidating when you can take it in small um, chunks, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called the Plan B approach. The book is called the Plan A diet, and the transition is called Plan B. (laughs) Ah, I love it. (laughs) It makes it simple. It makes it so simple. Um, Another um, area in the book that you talked about, too, is that you mentioned that eating in moderation may not be the best idea. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Sid, of why that might not be the the best idea or best approach? Well, first of all, no two people really have the same definition of what moderation means. Mm-hmm. I, every time I ask someone, you know, does that mean you can have one can of pop a day or one can of pop a week? Mm. Or um, how often can you eat French fries? You know, what is your moderation level for that? 
So say like within a week's time, you allow for one pepperoni pizza on Friday night and just having bacon and eggs just on Sunday or Mm -hmm. just a big ice cream Sunday after the kids baseball game. Well, within a week's time, you've Mm. eaten a lot of unhealthy food because (laughs) even though you're eating those things moderately, when they're all combined together, it's it's a plan that's going to derail your health, you know, and get you off track. So the best idea, I think, is just to choose healthy foods whenever you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this diet is a diet of deprivation in any way. I mean, we make delicious ice creams and chocolate cakes and everything like that, but we make them in a healthy version. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that too, because sometimes people may have in their thought process that if they change their way of eating, that they have to give up something. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, that's not the case because there's such an abundance of foods that are um, plant-based, that are whole foods, that are so nutritious for you that you're mm-hmm. not even going to feel like you're giving up anything because there's, you know, an alternative to the not so good things that have been put into the body. Right. It's it's all on the recipes. I mean, we make lasagna and sloppy joes and burritos mm. and fries and burgers. So there's really no deprivation at all. It's just you're making things with healthier ingredients. Mm-hmm. And you also refer some refer to something called the 80-10-10 rule mm-hmm. when it comes to the nutrition program. How is that broken down? That is um, something that Dr. T. Colin Campbell has coined, and many doctors that I've uh, been certified under subscribe to. The 80-10-10 rule is where you're getting 80% of your calories from carbs. I know that evil word carbs, but we're Mm. talking about good, healthy, complex carbs, not the refined junk food carbs. Mm. And then about 10% from protein and about 10% from fat. Mm. And uh, science is showing that that is the ideal human diet for best health. And so um, whenever I say that this is a high carb diet, you know, red flags go up because we've developed a condition called carbophobia (laughs) in our culture where we don't even want to eat a potato. (laughs) No, the potato is only 1% fat. It's the French fries, which are 56% fat, you know, the way we process the foods that um, makes carbs bad. But that's what 80-10-10 is. Oh, so that's a good rule to, to go by. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening uh, to this, consider incorporating that 80-10-10 rule uh, into your life. You can also find more about that in Sid's book, The Plan A Diet, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's not... Um, so much a diet or, or it's very different from other weight loss plans and the fact that it is plant-based and it makes it easy. There's a five-week uh, transitional plan um, in there for you to take you step-by-step step on what you need to do to um, live a healthier life by making um, better food choices for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is exciting, Rakesha, is that this is the only way of eating that can actually reverse heart disease. Mm. 
So um, I talk about the health benefits, which is the main reason people jump into this. Usually when they come to see me, it's because they've developed some health issues, more so than weight. A weight loss would be a natural byproduct on this way of eating, but it's the health benefits which are really important. Yeah, and I think with heart disease too, that's one of the number one um, health threats, one of the number one killers you know, in our society today, whether it's a combination of the diet, whether it's just an overload of stress Mm -hmm. that um, individuals are experiencing. And just knowing that if you're out there and you are experiencing some health issues or whether it's um, stress issues that by changing the diet, you can totally change the, the course that your health is going into. Mm-hmm. I know that my own cholesterol dropped 60 points when I began eating this way many years ago. Oh, wow. And no, no statin drug is going to do that. <laughs> Not at <laughs> and, all. And uh, my bone health actually improved. I had been diagnosed with osteopenia many years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how, how much my food choices were affecting my bone health at the time. Oh, wow. So uh, many, many, many things. And you mentioned earlier about the confusion that people have. Mm -hmm. And people are certainly nutritionally confused because we're bombarded with conflicting information all the time. Yes. So um, in the book, I have seven guidelines how to evaluate what you hear and read. Because it's so important, you know, that we don't just jump on the next bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there's things out there that are quite dangerous. Uh, you people will lose weight, but at the expense of their health. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people, you know, follow the money, first of all, and really yeah. look at the study. And was was it a well-designed study? And I, I just think it's that's what really convinced me to go this way was sure. uh, it's based on independent science, which isn't funded by someone. Yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, how you said there's a lot of conflicting information out there, um, which can lead to what you call like the big disconnects. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the big uh, disconnects between the diet and health? Sure. Well, the first one is the cause and effect of food. I don't think because there's such a time lapse between eating bad food and then getting sick later. I don't think people often put those two dots together because mm. uh, um, a lot of time passes, you know, unless you have something like acid reflux, then you know right away if you've eaten something bad that's affecting you. Sure. And then another big disconnect is that, um, well, this runs in my family, so I, you know, I'm predestined to get this. Yeah. Well, that is totally not true. Genes are only responsible for a very tiny amount of our illness. It's lifestyle and diets. They say that, you know, genetics may load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Wow. That is so true. (laughs) That is true. It's so true. Um, When you mentioned earlier that people are not equating their sickness to the way that they're eating. Mm-hmm. And so there's literally trillions of dollars that may be spent on the recovery of health through the healthcare system. And at the same time, there are trillions of dollars that are spent 
whether that's through the fast food industry or through um, promoting poor eating, but truly individuals don't really see the correlation between the two, but it there is a big um, connection between those two when it comes to what you're eating and then what you're experiencing in your health. Oh, absolutely. Uh, food is the number one predictor of your health outcome. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the greatest determinant of whether you're going to be healthy or suffer from some ailments more so than genetics or environment or even chemical exposure. We now know that food, and think about that, everything you ingest is going into your body and having direct contact with your body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, food is the major, major issue. Yeah, and I think, too, another, you know, topic is that it's the convenience of fast food within Mm -hmm. our culture today that it is just so readily accessible. I know here um, living on the East Coast that depending on where you're at, um, it's just the accessibility. It's just the convenience that it's all around you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when people are um, looking towards moving towards healthy living, sometimes the challenge in itself is just getting people to cook. (laughs) <laughs> cook food it is yes you know. I do have some very easy meal ideas in the book for people that want to use cans and freezer food and the microwave there's still ways to, you know that you can cook healthy meals without uh, being a gourmet cook in some fashion yeah and just you know myself like growing up as a kid I could probably count like on one hand how many times like we went out to eat like as a family because mm-hmm. my mother and father like always prepared meals like at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that as our culture has changed, you know, that shift of getting people back into the mindset of cooking again, of preparing food again. And it doesn't yeah. have to be at the sake of convenience because that's impacting your health as well. It is. And as it said, either we'll spend time on our health now or we're going to spend lots of time on it later. You know, mm-hmm. so it does take some time to make food for yourself. Um, batch cooking, though, is a way that you can cook for a couple hours and have all your food ready for the week. Oh, so, yeah. That's what I like to do personally, because mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the kitchen every night, but I would rather spend three hours on a mm-hmm. weeknight or, you know, an early yeah. Saturday morning to get it all done. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Sid. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree with you um, on that there. Um, One other thing that you mentioned in your book that I did find interesting is that you talked about individuals avoiding or consuming um, certain oils, whether that's the coconut or the olive oil. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about the basis for that recommendation for our listeners? Sure. Yeah, that is based on the doctors that are now reversing heart disease, such as Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn at the Cleveland Clinic and Dr. Okay. Ornish. They have shown that when we eat the, the pure oil from a food, which is basically just the extracted fat from a food, because all oils are 100% fat, 
that oil damages the inner lining of our artery vessels and paves the way for plaque formation. Mm. So that's the biggest reason for health. And then from a weight standpoint too, just one tablespoon of oil has 120 calories and 14 grams of fat. So it's super, uh, it's a really a weight buster if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. So I tell my clients, you know, eat the olive oil by eating the olive. Then you're getting the whole nutritional package the way it's designed to be eaten. And yeah. your body knows how to process that fat along with the fiber and everything else. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with our guest, Sid Nodder. And she's sharing information about her best-selling book, The Plant A Diet. And for those of you, those that may be listening, Sid, can you tell them where they can find your book and how they can find you? Sure. Well, it's called the Plan A Diet because it was God's Plan A Diet, first of all. It was God's first dietary mandate for us and still proves to be the healthiest, but they can find it at my website, sidnotter.com. That's C-Y-D-N-O-T-T-E-R.com or on Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like for our listeners to hear today? Just to give them hope that they have a lot more control over their health than they may actually ever believe. You know, we don't have to be victims to genetics or culture. We really do have a lot to say over our health outcomes, and there's hope out there. Because uh, good nutrition can reverse a lot of things that are going on. If you do happen to be suffering from a chronic condition, the good news is that there's a lot that can be done about that. That's, that is encouraging, you know. Mm. And like you said, that we do have more power, ability um, to be able to be our own personal um, health advocates. I always like to reflect on the scripture where God says that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And that also includes our health. It does. And also that we're going to reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. Keisha. So when we, you know, sow a healthy diet, we're going to reap health. And the opposite is true as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I thank you so much today, Sid, for sowing some good seeds (laughs) (laughs) into the the ears and the lives of our listeners today. And, you know, the word says that when we plant those seeds, one comes along waters, but it's God who gives the increase. So I believe that today, as you have shared um, the book that God has given you, that those seeds will grow and they will flourish and help so many lives to um, achieve that optimal health that, that God has intended for us to have. Mm. It's his plan. And I know he's got purposes for this book and hopefully one of those purposes is listening today. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So definitely. So, and, It has been a blessing uh, having you on the show today, Sid. Thank you. I'm so grateful, Rakesha. Thank you for having me. Oh, and again, I pray many blessings upon your book and 
the work that God is, has called you to do to uh, help our churches and believers across the world to get healthier for his glory. Thank you, Rakesha. And you keep up the good work as well. Thank you so much, Sid. Take care. God bless. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash rockyourworldnaturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld28.